Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. It's the, it's the reason why I'm not on Facebook or, the, or a lot of other social media, because like if I'm standing in the line at Starbucks, yeah. when we used to stand in line at Starbucks, yeah. I, a lot of times I would just stand in line, just, just standing there, <laughs> you know? And so like people say, well, you're not on Facebook, right? And, and, and uh, I say, well, it, it, that's true. I'm not on Facebook. And it's not because I have any aversion to it necessarily, or it's not a big agenda around it. It's just like at the end of the day, when I had done all the things that I thought were either interesting to me or important, Facebook never made it to the top of the list. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just what happened. I mean, it's not a, like I didn't make some big, you know, pronouncement. I'm off of Facebook. It's, right. At the end of the day, I never used the Facebook you know, well, no, I, have a, I have a story about Facebook. You know, a couple of years ago, as you know, I gave yeah. my kidney to a friend. Right. And so Thomas, my husband, mm -hmm. he said, you know, I'm going to, he said, people know you're going to do this and they're, they're interested. They're concerned about you. I'm going to, um, I'm going to post a couple things on Facebook and, you know, it was very nice. And he posted a yeah. picture of Eric and I. We were walking down the hallway holding hands. You know, Eric was the person I'd given the kidney to. And at some point, we were in the same floor. And we'd get up every morning. And we'd take a walk around the floor to get our energy back up. And we were – one day, Aww. it just made sense to hold hands. You know, because right. we were sharing a body part, for God's sake. So right? we like, don't fall, you know. Yeah, and we didn't want to fall, right? And so, but uh, <laughs> there was a good picture of that. and. And stuff. But then I got home and Thomas said, you know, you should check your Facebook page. I know you don't normally go on, but try to find your password and check your Facebook page because, you know, people know you've done this and, you know, I, I posted it and stuff. Well, a lot of people, I guess on Facebook, there's just a button you can press if you like something or if you applaud something. Yeah. Yes, there is. I got there's a like button. I got all of these likes and I was like, wow, that was the last time I've been on Facebook. Like, you know what? I just opened up my gut and handed my kidney to somebody and you're pressing the like button. It just seems so like, like, I don't want your fucking like, 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 like you know, that seems so, I don't know. Like if, if, if I don't know you well enough, so that you can do something besides like my kidney transplant, then I can't really spend a lot of time with you here on Facebook. So anyway, this is not we sorry about this. But anyway. No, no, that's great. I yeah, I I, I think I totally agree. Even though like for you know, since we've been locked down for the pandemic, um, Facebook had been a real um lifeline to me, right? To reach out to people and to keep in contact. But, you know, Chris, after the election, so, you know, I worked as a, um, a poll worker here in Iowa. And so I had to turn all my, my phone off, which I never do. And so I literally had it logged back into Facebook in years. Like it, it had just been open for years. 
on my phone. <laughs> so, yep, yep. so I, I, I had to turn everything off. And then after the election, I went to log back into it and it had been so long. Like I, I couldn't remember the, the right password and I didn't have the right information, right? Cause you sign up with an email address and a phone number and neither one of those exist um, for me anymore <laughs> in this current incarnation. So I've been locked out of Facebook since November 3rd. Um, and I find it's been kind of cool, right? It's been kind of freeing. I'm like, I, I realized how much I had grown. I think this, you know, like you said, if, if you can't, if I'm commuting or, com, you know, having a conversation with people that can't do more than like when I open my gut up and, you know, like have a kidney transplant, well, then maybe you really shouldn't be talking to them. It, it, well, or, or something, you know, right. So, so now, or, or you should find, so for me, I was like, ah, maybe I just need to find a different way to talk to people and not be so lazy about it was the other thing. Well, you know, the flip side of laziness is intentionality. And, and maybe that's mm. really what we're talking about here. You know, it's not Facebook yeah. or not Facebook. It's not having a dog or not having a dog. It's not, um, you know, watching television or not watching television. Right? I think the, the thing that I've noticed about certain things like Facebook or anything else that can become ubiquitous, right, mm-hmm. is that it it can start to assume a greater and greater part of our lives without us being intentional about it. And this is yeah. the great the great challenge of all of our lives, right? It's not Facebook can be perfectly fine. There there are certain circumstances for people in different situations where Facebook can make a lot of sense as one example. But am I being intentional about it? That's why for instance when I joke about standing in line, I actually from from for myself I use standing in line as an opportunity for me to continue to check in, not only just to generally check in with myself, mm-hmm. but as one example, to check in to, with myself in a pretty fundamental way, right? Because there's a part of me, even I can say as a white male over 50, right? There's definitely a part of me that doesn't feel like I should have to sit and stand in line, Right? So if I'm standing in line and I'm looking and and, and still, even after having this practice for a while, I get start to feel myself get impatient. Like today I was just, I mean, just today with Walgreens, I had plenty of time before this call. I'd walk the dog. I was going to get a latte. I mean, you know, nothing earth shattering was happening. And I don't know, the person who was ahead of me at the Walgreens line we're all socially distant. So like something happened where it took him an extra 30 seconds to to check out. <laughs> Maybe even a full 60 seconds. And I could just I mean it doesn't overwhelm me anymore and I don't huff and I puff or whatever, but I could feel right. that little bit of like and it's just good to to look at that and to say where where's that coming from? Like where what about you doesn't have 60 seconds to let this poor guy, you know, make sure that his change is right or whatever was happening and that's just a small example right of how do we live right. a, how do we live an intentional life and i think if we're if we're constantly watching television if we're 
never without our computer on with something coming out of it. If we're constantly on Facebook, then we just have to ask ourselves, at what point is that interfering with spending some time with myself? Right. That's it's it's really as simple as that. Yeah. No, I can I can see that now. I can totally see that that it is about being intentional. And, you know, I I mean, do you think that's changed so much, you know, now that we're in this current situation with, with the pandemic and, you know, lockdown? Like, is there more of that or less of that available to us right now? You know, I. I... I actually want to believe that people, at least in my circle, of course, we're all self-selecting, right? (laughs) But but I actually think that generally people have become more intentional. Mm -hmm. I I actually, that this lockdown has been so, uh, so long, if nothing else, right? Right. This change in habit has lasted so long that I think there's... um, you know, I'll use one example. You know, when, when, when it first started, we were sort of living in both worlds and people were gently exploring this Zoom <laughs> phenomenon, right? Yes, yes. Well, then all of a sudden, a couple months in, people had gotten the Zoom. Like they had gotten that button on Outlook that you could just press and make everything a Zoom call. So then pretty mm. soon, I was like getting like all – where it would have been easy to fill up my day from like eight in the morning to like six at night with zooming. Right. 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 Well, I just deleted most of those. I mean, I'm not going to spend all my, I mean, I just, I can't, I have, I I just, it's not possible for me to do that. Just, you know, um, but I have noticed, right. That over time, at least in my own life, and maybe it's just because I deleted all that stuff, so people stop sending me stuff, which is probably <laughs> a good lesson in and of itself. But I've noticed, for instance, that people have become much more intentional mm-hmm. about just this one idea of Zooming and are much less likely, at least the people that I'm talking to, to fill up their day from one minute to the next uh, with, with back-to-back calls. So I, I actually think there has been some greater uh, intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, as I'm thinking about it and and I'm looking at like, you know, like choosing to, I actually had a meeting the other day with somebody in Hawaii and, you know, we decided just to have a phone call and like you and I always have phone calls, you know, and like we never do zoom and we usually both have phone calls when we're like walking the dogs or doing something. Yes. Living our lives. Living our lives. Right? We can live our lives together even though we're separated. Right. And I and I think that's a I think that's a really nice thing that's happening. And we don't always need to have it like like be be zoomed. I just think it's even Facebook, even yeah. uh, or FaceTime, right? There's something mm-hmm. about a phone call that is just uh there's a simplicity to it that yeah. I actually um Particularly, quite frankly, with headphones, because then we, I can just walk and Charlie and I are walking and your voice is in my ears and I'm talking. It's, it's, <laughs> it's as if we're taking a walk together. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's why I like it. And, and you know, a lot of times when I walk with somebody, I don't 
yeah, I mean, you glance at a person, right? But you don't like sit there and stare at them. Like when I'm on a Zoom call, I feel obligated to stare forward <laughs> to the camera. Mostly well, I do so two people. Things. I feel you're obligated to stare at the camera, or I feel obligated to turn turn on my turn off the sound, turn off the video, and go make something to eat during the meeting. <laughs> well, okay, sometimes I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think though it brings up this larger issue, though, right, Amelia? Of, of is has this has this period of time been long enough to I hope in my own life it's been long enough to I have been really trying to appreciate the things that I am grieving the loss of hmm. and the things that I'm not <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is I hope in my own life that this period of uh, lockdown or pandemic or however you want to describe it, I hope it's been long enough for me to con- to actually change my habits. Yeah. Based on this real appreciation for what I'm grieving and what I'm not grieving. I mean, one simple example is that I really um, – there's a Korean bath in San Francisco, one of these places with big baths, hot water and steam. Mm, nice. And I just I know I've always liked it and I've you know, but I've I've just it's one of those things that I come back to. Like I really love hot water. Yeah. <laughs> it just is so you know, and part of it has to do with my the fact that my father had a had a pretty um serious back issue. And was a printer, and so he would take a very hot bath at night because it was the only thing that gave him relief. Yeah. And my brother and I would go into the bathroom, and there was a chair, and then we'd put the toilet seat down, and my brother would sit on the the chair, and I'd sit on the the toilet seat cover, and uh, <laughs> we'd talk to my father. Oh. And the steam rose, <laughs> the pain subsided, and we had this long kind of languid yeah. conversations, right? So when I'm in hot water. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. It, yeah. It brings back, you know, I, I'm sort of, again, at peace. And so I, I just, it's just one small example of where like, mm-hmm. huh, I want to do, um, like I'm pretty convinced that not a week is going to go by anymore when I'm not bathing at the, Korean baths. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, if I had access to it, I, I totally, um, I, I agree with you. I do miss that. And it's something, um, when I was in Japan last year, I went to the onsen that was like t- 10 minute walk away from me, um, every day. And, you know, it's been like an hour there. Like we would yep. have discussions with the other artists in this program, like, is it, is it possible to overdo it at the onsen? Like, is it really possible? Like, can you spend too much time, like, in hot water? I say no, Chris. I say no. It's not possible. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree. But I love that image of these two little boys, like, sitting and talking, you know, to your dad um and having you know you can see how something like that is really like setting up like it makes a lot of sense knowing who you are that you had that experience of 
of how to how to casually converse with people and be comfortable and why i think why i do the work i do right why i really believe that people coming together and having a dialogue can actually make a difference right like like where it can be transformative because in my own life those conversations were transformative it's true maybe we need to have more of these transformative conversations like in like a steam bath well (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Is that possible? Well, like, can absolutely. we get like, like can, we, can we get like people across the political divide to come together and like be like half naked or naked with towels, like and talk? Well, to, I mean, you know, there's a vulnerability. Bias. My bias it would be hard, it, that it may be hard to get the more conservative people naked in a bathtub to talk. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just you know that's that's my bias is coming up. It's okay. It's okay. Own it, Chris. Own it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wonderful. Um, I'm really grateful, Amelia, that you brought that image back because I just, my father too had a bald head like I had. And the other thing that would happen is the steam. Wait, wait, you had, do you, do you not, did you? No, I still. (laughs) Did you you suddenly grow hair on the top of your head? Now I'm I'm wearing this really cheap toupee that sort of uh, (laughs) is a little bit crooked, but it's okay. Um, But uh, as the steam would rise and his pain would subside, he would get redder and redder. And we used to joke about that, that at the end, he sort of looked like a lobster in a pot. (laughs) (laughs) And did he have a beard like you as well? He did not have a beard. Um, I do not come from a family. My brother used to have a small beard, but I do not come from a bearded family. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say that your beard is not small. Your beard is like really, it's like a a gnomish beard, you know? It's like like a beard of a Viking or something, right? Yes. Yes. And when I trim it occasionally, it, it... there's always some ambivalence about taking any of it off. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm curious about that. I know. You know, one time I shaved it very close. Yeah. And uh, I would, and I started going to the barber every week for a close. I still had like a beard, but very, very close. Mm-hmm. And a number of people kept telling me that I looked. Um, more handsome and younger. Wow. And I thought, oh, that's not my look <laughs> at all. That's not the look I'm going for. About the, yeah, I mean, I'm going, my, I have sort of this old goat brand. And I can't, I can, you know, I can compete pretty well with the old, pretty good old goat, right? But younger and handsome, I mean, that's, you know, that's a dime a dozen. So I grew it back, bigger than before, and and it's and it's it is fantastic. It really is. It is quite a robust beard. Like, uh, well, like can ro- can they be robust? I think they can be. I think a beard can be robust. Absolutely, yes. it can. Absolutely. I know. I'm proof of that. <laughs> yes, you are indeed. That is that is one robust beard. Well, Amelia, this is a delightful conversation. I, I, you, you'll ask me again, won't you? Of course, I'll ask you. You're, <laughs> you might, you might have to be a regular in our talks. To story of, I would. That would be. That would bring me great delight. 
It might be the only way I get to like corner you into a space where I'm willing to do it. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha. Aloha.